You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another session of In the Open. My name is Alyssa Torres, and joining me today as our guest is Megan Bryant. Megan, feel free to say hi. Hello, everyone. So Teresa and America are out for this episode, um, but they'll be back soon, and I am here to fill in in the meantime. This week, we are going to talk about ways that individuals can connect with their culture and why that is an important part of supporting your mental health, especially for BIPOC individuals. And for those that don't know, BIPOC stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. For me personally, as a Chicana, um, that is somebody who is Mexican, but born on American soil. So for me, I identify as a Chicana and connecting with my culture has been kind of complicated because, you know, you really have to take time to straddle both worlds and and know what the best way to, to handle your own culture, to experience your own culture is for you specifically. So for me, it's it's always been an interesting conversation when it comes to connecting with your culture and finding ways to really feel in community with other people around me. And as I've gotten older, I know that that's something that that I've really connected a lot more with. But for everybody, it, it can really be different. So Megan, I was wondering for you, what has really stood out in your personal experience um, in terms of how you've connected with your own culture? When you were saying that, so many things like went through my head. Like, okay, how can I, how can I best connect? And um, I would say, growing up, I am from the beach, so predominantly Caucasians. I mean, that's all I hung around. Um, my mom would come home, and it'd just be a living room full of white kids. And I mean, they was they were my best friends. They were so accepting of me. Um, my mom was close with their families. We were always swimming. But when I graduated high school, I decided to go to a college a couple hours away, um, and I was stuck. I was in a place where it was very unfamiliar. One-third was white, one-third was black, and the one-third was Native American. That's when I started, you know, just trying to figure out my culture and find out more about who I am. Um, I also learned that my grandmother was Native American and from that area. And so that was really good. I was just like digging through ancestry, trying to find out like where she was from, her family. I even went to the land that she grew up on, which it was ended up being a mall, ended up being a mall. So I was like taking pictures to show her just exactly what she hadn't been in years. Um, And then when I went to grad school was at HBCU. And then I was just like, wow, it's a lot, you know, it was a lot. It was (laughs) a culture shock um, for me, but it was really good. I just learned more about my culture um, and it just felt good to be around individuals who look like me, very well educated. Um, It was good. It was a really good experience. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And especially I can only imagine that being at an HBCU after growing up, not necessarily surrounded by other folks who look like you and who have had similar experiences as you could really be such a shock, right? Um, I I definitely know that, that for myself, 
I grew up in a very white dominated area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really the only person of color within several grades. Uh, I remember in my elementary school and it was, it was odd. And then I went to high school and I was at a primarily Mexican American high school mm-hmm. and it was a complete culture shock. I was like, who are these people? <laughs> Wait a minute. Like, am I, wait, now suddenly I don't feel Mexican enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, it was a weird, it was a weird feeling for me. And so I totally relate to that because it can be, it can be really complex for, for a lot of BIPOC folks yeah. to think about their own culture. And especially when you might've been a little bit distanced from your culture or a lot distanced from your culture or those in your community, when you finally get the opportunity to be in that space with others that look like you, that talk like you, that, that have similar experiences, you almost feel foreign. Right. Yeah. Like and I had to learn how to dress differently. Like they <laughs> it was there. I came there wearing Aeropostale and Sperry's. You know, that's what I <laughs> and I was like, they were looking at me like, who is this girl? Yeah. You know, where did she come from? So I just found myself like trying to switch it up. And that was just not me. You know, so I, you know, then had to work on, OK, are you going to stand out or are you going to fit in? Like I had to keep telling myself that, like, what, what are you going to do? So really good. Challenging. Absolutely. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And, you know, for so many folks, culture really has such a major impact on their mental health. And for some folks, it might have a huge impact on their mental health and they might not even know that. Mm-hmm. They might be so detached from their culture that they don't know that it's playing a role in in certain things or they might be so involved in their culture that they don't even know how it could lead to so many different positive outcomes that it might have already led to so many wonderful strengths for them. So just within within your expertise and, and what you've seen as well um, within BIPOC communities, how does culture impact mental health? And what are some of the ways that that connection to their culture can lead to positive mental health outcomes? Mm-hmm. So I will first say that culture, you know, it shapes our beliefs, our values, norms, social expectations. A few ways for me that, you know, thinking about this question, how culture can influence mental health, I would say just our perceptions of mental health. Like some cultures um, vary in their understanding or in interpretations of mental health. Um, stigma, the misconceptions surrounding mental health is really big, especially in my culture. I can especially speak to that. And I, I had to get in conversations or have conversations with my mom about you can go to therapy and have Jesus, you know, like that's huge I, for folks. Yeah. And so that was a really big thing because it was always I was always told, like, pray, pray about it, pray about it instead of, hey, having someone come in or me going to see someone else and just talk about that. Um, I will also say just social support is huge. Just cultural norms like dictate the importance of social support systems. Also, like coping mechanisms, cultures often have their own unique ways of how they cope with stress and adversities. It plays a huge, like a crucial role in shaping individuals' self-concept and self-esteem, like cultural values related to achievement and success can impact your self-worth and your psychological well-being. 
So yeah, cultural does definitely impact your mental health. Totally, totally. And I think you brought up so many good points in in everything that you just said. And I want to touch on some of that a little bit more too. You mentioned how religion was kind of an interesting intersect in in terms of how that impacts mental health, how that impacts whether you're going to get treatment for mental health, what kind of treatment you're going to get for mental health. We know that for a lot of BIPOC communities that integrating their religious or spiritual beliefs into their treatment plan and into their, their supports can be actually a huge, huge help for them um, throughout their mental health journey. And we also know that the stigma can be pretty tough and it, it can be harsh. You know, a lot of us didn't grow up around the language, right, of, yeah. of what what might be something that could require more assistance, more uh, support in in terms of your mental health. I mean, I know for myself, my family wasn't using the term mental health. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely weren't using that or, you know, uh, for myself, I'm somebody that lives with ADHD. Mm-hmm. And I know that it was never even a thought to my family, but a hundred percent, my family would still joke around about that kind of stuff. Right. We, my dad would be like, Oh, you're a little squirrely <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. or like, Oh, you're a little distracted here and there yeah. or whatever. Like they're not using the same clinical terms yes. as one might as a, as a pr- mental health professional. Yeah. So the language is, is completely different. Right. Mm-hmm. I remember being in fourth grade and, um, I didn't know it at that time, but my mom later told me that when I went to this uh, children's clinic, I was tested. It was asked, I was asked a lot of questions, like what's going on, and you know, years later, I found out that my teacher recommended I be tested for ADHD, which I am so glad that my mom, you know, recognized us and saw some, you know, like, hey, wait, let me find out, let me get Megan tested outside of the school. And so that's what she did. We drove 30 minutes from outside of our town and I was tested. Um, to turn, like I did not have it. I was more so just bored. And so I ended up testing and going into an, another advanced class, which was good because I, I know for myself, I flew through the work and then just interrupted the entire class. Like I would just tap on people's desk and things like that. So just her reckon, and I'm thankful for that, recognize it and say, you know, let's just do outside sources, um, which was really good. Yeah, totally, totally. And just to be able to have that that kind of support and that kind yeah. of relationship in which you can have that conversation to begin with and say, you know what, I don't know what this could be, but let's go check it out. Let's let's, you know, test the waters here a little bit. Let's let's check in with a professional on this. Yeah. And so on the flip side of that last question, you know, we know that being distanced from your culture can also be really tough on on folks' mental health. Mm-hmm. How else do you have you seen um, this lead to to poor mental health outcomes for folks, especially for BIPOC folks? I would say um, loss of identity, cultural conflict, lack of social supports, which is a huge mm-hmm. one, and just you know having that extended family, um, extended networks and community ties, lack of cultural value mismatch. And when I say like cultural value mismatch, I'm meaning when an individual, like when their personal values and beliefs differ significantly 
from the culture and the norms that they're around right now. So that can lead to a sense of alienation and conflict within themselves. And so during that, when we speak on alienation from your family or your culture, that can result in some depression, anxiety, such as lacking that self-worth, um, of feelings of hopelessness. I've seen individuals who um, it results in like having a poor appetite or overeating or sleeping excessively. So all like symptoms of depression, which and all of that with this mental illness and with that that diagnosis that can lead to more such as like substance abuse or criminal activity or for kids having poor school performance or for us work or adults having poor work performance. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And I think that you really touch on something big there, which is isolation mm-hmm. and and the importance for folks to not just connect with others, but connect with those within their cultural communities and connect with their cultural traditions, cultural beliefs, all of those, all of those things that are really vital for, for individuals in understanding their own wellness and in taking care of themselves and those around them. And I think that when it comes to being so distanced from your culture, you can really get those those tough feelings of alienation and feeling excluded and maybe feeling like you don't belong. And over time, a lot of that really can lead to these bigger issues such as depression, such as anxiety, such as suicidal ideation even. So we know that being within your own cultural community and being connected to other individuals who might have similar experiences is really vital for for individuals to feel connected and to feel in community with one another. What we know also too is that a lot of BIPOC communities are collectivist cultures. So we know that within those collectivist cultures, there is this reliance on each other. There's an understanding of an overall interdependence that we all have between ourselves and our environments and and those around us. And so when you take communities and you take individuals who are so naturally drawn to connection and you take them away from that, it really can lead to such difficulty and such exclusion and and just feelings that you just don't don't really feel like you belong or you just don't really feel like you have a a place. And so I really appreciate you saying that about just the way that it can lead to so many different things like substance abuse like you mentioned as well. Um if you if you aren't around people that you feel comfortable with, who are you going to reach out to when you need support if you're if you only know of the resource options that don't really fit your own cultural needs, right? That's exactly what I was going to say. It doesn't work. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Just like resulting in that like limited awareness of, you know, just for me or for just individuals that I work with, I see that they're like reluctant to seek help due to, you know, uh, the cultural stigma or the lack of understanding. Like, it's tough if I go to somewhere and they don't look like me and I'm just, you know, hey, how can you really understand what I'm going through? Yeah, absolutely. And especially when 
providers and and those that we see when we do navigate these systems (laughs) don't look like us. How do I know that I can trust you? Or even if you if you are somebody that's talking about culture, but you're not bringing it up in a way that makes sense to me, how am I going to feel in that situation? It, it's going to be tough, right? I know. So thinking on that and thinking of, of how big of an impact that culture has on ourselves and on our BIPOC communities, what are some ways that individuals can better connect to their cultures and those within their cultural communities? Um, So I would start off by saying just learn about your history. Take time to learn traditions, customs, values within your culture. I would say, you know, maybe read books, um, watch documentaries, mention TikTok. It is a possibility as somewhere, you know, with YouTube. And also one thing is like speaking with elders and family members yeah. um, who can share their knowledge and experience within the culture. Seek out local or community organizations or culture centers that focus on promoting um, their culture and doing things in a community that give them access to a different type of like, treatment and identifying other resources that is in the area. One of the things that um, I can mention is just here at our counseling center, our primary focus is uh, targeting the black and brown community. We partnered with uh, two universities in the area and selected interns, MSW students. And one of the things, I mean, when are targeted, like the audience, they come in and they see individuals or or clinicians who look like them. And that's just like a sigh of relief when they walk through the door. Um, We are serving about 75% of the clients that we serve are people of color. So that is one way that I feel like our organization is helping in the community, especially I can see like little job fairs or different fairs and festivals in the community. We set up a booth just for that reason, let them know like, Hey, we're over here. Yeah. I think, I think that going to community events can be one of the best ways to connect with those in your culture, because it gives you that opportunity to really get to know people and meet people and be exposed to other cultural traditions or you know, cultural beliefs or just representation in a way that isn't necessarily so awkward, right? As going, hey, I want to meet somebody, but like, I don't really know where to go and I don't really know what to do. And when you go to Mm -hmm. events like this, it's already set up for you. You know, it's, there's already opportunities to see speakers, to listen to music, to eat good food, especially food that's, that's attached to your culture. You know, that's, that's huge for folks. And I know personally, I've learned a lot from going to cultural events. Yes. Whether it's a a celebratory, you know, festival or a music, um, a concert or, you know, art fairs, like you said, you know, even just mental health fairs, job fairs, all those kinds of things, those matter. And when it comes to connecting more with your culture, it's important to realize that, there's all kinds of different ways that you can do this, right? You mentioned TikTok, you mentioned YouTube. That's huge for folks. We know that for so many of us who who are privileged to have, you know, access to the internet, we have this ability to connect with individuals online and digitally 
in a way that nobody's ever had before. So we're really lucky in that opportunity to to show our culture to others and for others to show their culture to us. Mm-hmm. And we also know that, you know, that it can be helpful to diversify your following and diversify your feed. Follow folks that are from your culture. Follow folks that are talking about these things already and start to learn from them. It's It can be really helpful to learn all the different ways that you can be in community with one another, even if community is just in a comment section. That That's absolutely huge for folks. So we've talked about so many different things today, and I want to make sure that folks have some next steps to, to take when it comes to navigating the mental health system and that providers also know what kind of steps they can take to create more culturally responsive environments for those within within their communities. So when it comes to navigating the mental health system, how can providers support individuals' needs for stronger cultural connections? Providers can start off by um, conducting a culturally sensitive assessments. And this would take into account a person's cultural background, beliefs, values, and experiences. Um, And also just respect for cultural diversity, um, which they should avoid making assumptions or judgments based on their own cultural lens and instead like foster an environment of acceptance. I would also say that providers can collaborate with individuals to develop treatment plans that incorporate their cultural values, their preference, their strengths, and also just uh, culturally sensitive trainings. Um, Mental health providers, um, even within the the organization that I work for should undergo culturally sensitive trainings to increase their awareness and understanding of various cultures, beliefs, and practices. And um, providers should ensure that their language or ensure language access for individuals who are more comfortable communicating in their native language. Here we have incorporated a, a translator service for individuals just when they call um, for community resources, I connect them to a translator. I'm on the other end, just supporting them that way. And just collaboration with community resources. I think providers and organizations can establish partnerships with community organizations or other community organizations or cultural centers and community leaders. And just continuous learning and self-reflection, that should never stop. I love those. And I, I really love what you said about connecting to other cultural communities within your larger community as well, connecting to cultural groups, cultural centers, having those partnerships that one can help you as a provider to be able to learn more, but also gives you a resource to share with with individuals who might be bringing up concerns about connecting with their culture and can also give you the opportunity to share your own resources with those cultural centers where we know they will actually get to target audiences of of folks who might not otherwise be getting the resources that that you might be providing. So that's that's a great point that you made. And I think for for those that are also just navigating the mental health system, maybe as a patient, as a client, uh, maybe as somebody who is just curious about their mental health 
it can really be helpful to learn more about your own culture, just as we said before, learning about how, um, learning about different ways that you can connect with your culture through those cultural groups, through um, events, through festivals, through things like that. And it's also important to be asking the right questions when it comes to finding the right provider. You know, asking your provider if they have the kind of support that you're looking for when it comes to your specific cultural needs, asking provider if they might have experience working with those in your culture and what that experience was, asking them if they have those translation services, asking them if they have their printout resources available in your your preferred language. All those things are really important. And then when it comes to individually asking providers more about themselves and about their specialties, it can be important to also let them know what your personal values are and what you really want the most out of out of that therapy session. So as we wrap up now, um, I'm just wondering, do you have any specific closing thoughts and things that you'd like to share with our audience just to ensure that they really get the most out of out of their time with providers or with others in their culture? One of the things, like just to piggyback on that last question is, or, or one of the questions that we were discussing is about um, like representation. Representation is really, really important. So just wanted to emphasize that um, me being a African-American therapist, just being present in the community is a form of advocacy. Us inspiring our up-and-coming up therapists to be just their authentic self. I believe is very valuable because we want our clients here to get what they need out of therapy. That was one, one thought. And just thank you for this opportunity. I wanted to definitely thank you for um, us having this discussion on the importance of culture and the impact of um, culture and mental health. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here, Megan. I really appreciate you and and all the expertise that you brought to this conversation. This is a really important conversation for our audience to to hear. Thank you. Um, And for those in our audience, I hope that you will continue to trying to connect with your culture. I hope that you can use some of the things that you learned today to reconnect with your culture if you are feeling distanced from your culture. And thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you next week and keep fighting in the open. 